What happens if you ask a genie for infinite wishes? How can you tell which pipes take you to Super Mario World and which just take you to the sewers? Answers to these questions and more on this episode of This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome back to This Paranormal Life. This is the weekly comedy podcast, wherein every Tuesday, myself, Kit Greer Mulvena, and this guy, Rory Powers, across from me. Every week, we investigate a different paranormal tale and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. How are you doing today, Roy? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, ready Ready to tackle the world of the paranormal head on like we do every week. Last week, there was a bit of dilly dallying, a bit of chit chat before the podcast. And uh, I want to apologize right now on my behalf. We pride ourselves on being a show that gets right to the point. The heart of the matter instantly. We lost sight of ourselves. We lost sight of who we are as investigators, as podcasters. Um, so I want to just just apologize, just frankly. This is a public oh, apology. Yeah. That's this very that's very big of you. Yeah. And that is why I am going to just just scoot right through straight um, in. Let's get jump right into the story. recap of like my holiday last week. So I was I was away last Kit week. Kit was on holiday. And sure. um yeah, just want everyone to know had a great time. Uh the right. food was good. The beaches were beautiful. Awesome. I was in the south of France. Cool. Um, and our really story great, today great begins uh, so we, the story began, wanna... we got into the airport <laughs> no, on no, Tuesday no. after. No, no, what? the paranormal story that we're going to investigate today. Oh, right. Like you said, oh, we got to get right, straight right. I'll just speed into right it. Um, yeah. But okay. an interesting thing did happen right. on the way back from the hospital to the hotel. Okay. Well, which I'll well, just, well, which I'll say as fast as I possibly can. Saying it faster isn't going to fix the problem. The fact you're saying it at all is the problem. So I think, I think if we want to, if we want to curve some I of these bad reviews on, like on iTunes, I think, I, we should should just, blast through. I think we should blast through. I feel like the people want to know it though. I don't know if they do because a like couple people do. made it pretty clear they didn't want to know. So I think if we could move okay, well, from the holiday Okay, you're not going to get to hear the story about the crap place. So it wasn't that exciting, right? It was just a place that had I good crepes. I talk on the podcast about how much I lo- love crepes and how much I was looking forward to eating a crepe in France. I don't think you've ever mentioned crepes once on this podcast. You just don't listen to me. Fine. Maybe there's time at the end. I could tell a little story about the crepes. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, sure. You know what? Yeah. If, let's dive into the story right now. And if anyone's still listening by the end, we can, you can tell the crepes story. All right. Stick around, everyone. Today, we are going to southern India. It was June 6th, 1936, the date of a much-anticipated yogi exhibition. The bear? What Picnics the, what the as f- far <laughs> as the eye could see. <laughs> What's a yogi? A yogi Exo- is a master of yoga. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. That's really interesting. Hundreds of people had come from miles around to see the incredible powers displayed by these religious men who dedicated their lives to the act of extreme meditation. Very cool. Very cool. That type of yoga we do over here, that's just like one type of yoga. There's a bunch of different types of yoga. Right. You could do like yoga of the mind, man. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I have famously installed and deleted the Calm app on my iPhone several times because I try and fast forward through the meditation sections to try and speed learn it, um, which is a very bad attitude to have if you want to try meditation for the first time. Yeah, awful. Yeah, it's not good. So it hasn't worked for me yet, but I'm excited to maybe learn a little today and become a yogi myself. I wouldn't count on it. These yogis are basically the religious version of the Harlem Globetrotters. This is a show for all the family. And on that day, one particular guru managed to perform something quite spectacular indeed. Yogi Subhaya Pulava was lying on the ground wrapped in white robes in a state of deep meditation. 
He was a gaunt, wiry man with long, wild hair and a gloriously long moustache. He had a walking stick with an evil-looking doll sitting at the base. As the time approached midday and the sun was directly overhead, the yogi's performance began. His assistants erected a small makeshift tent around him and poured water around the blankets in a neat ring. Wow. He decreed one single and quite odd request. Nobody wearing shoes of leather soles may enter this circle. Okay, that's that's a little weird. As more than 150 people watched, the tent was pulled away to reveal his body still lying horizontally, except it was more than a meter off the ground. Whoa! The gathered crowd were blown away. (gasps) How's he doing that? What on earth's going on? It's a miracle! He remained afloat for four solid minutes in a deep trance. Among the witnesses was a photographer for the Illustrated London News named P.Y. Plunkett. He walked all around the floating man, snapping pictures from every angle. In his article, he wrote, I held a long stick and from around the circle, passed the end of it over and under and round Subaya's body. I can vouch for the fact that he had no support whatsoever, except for resting one hand lightly on the top of a cloth-covered stick. After almost five minutes in the air, he was still lying out flat. His aides eventually wandered up and put the thin canvas up once again. Plunkett described what he saw. I could see, through the thin wall of the tent, Subaya still suspended in the air. After about a minute, he appeared to sway, and then very slowly began to descend, still in a horizontal position. Hmm. Evidently, we were not meant to see this part of the performance, or it would all have been done in the open. It took him a whole five minutes to reach the ground, at which point his assistants asked for volunteers from the crowd to come forward. Come see if you can bend his legs. (laughs) They gotta fight him now? (laughs) A great number of the throng stepped up, but as much as they tried, his limbs were completely stiff. Yogi Pulava was in such a deep trance, he was a borderline tin man. It is quite alarming to imagine this crowd of rowdy children and adults trying to break this poor old man's leg. He's knocked out cold. (laughs) Something so funny about, hey, you think that levitation was cool? Try and break his legs. (laughs) He's rock hard. This is insane. (laughs) He couldn't be roused by anything besides a bucket of cold water, which his assistants doused on him once the crowd were done trying to unlock his joints. Right. They rubbed his body all over for several minutes before he finally came round and regained the use of his arms and legs. Rory, as far as I can see, this is the earliest example of human levitation with physical evidence. Would you like to see a photograph of this miraculous feat? Yeah, there's a photograph? Yeah, from uh, this journalist who snapped it. Wow, okay. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're seeing... There's a a man here, white robes... Uh, who appears to be hovering horizontally, almost like he's asleep in the air. He's, he's posing like he's asleep. His only uh, point of contact with the ground is his staff that seems to be almost the only reason why he isn't floating off in the breeze. Right. It's almost as if, yeah, it's like the staff is holding him down to earth somewhat. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I mean, it's pretty cool to think that this guy is so good at yoga that he learned (laughs) to levitate. Because I don't really necessarily see those two things crossing over. Usually if people are really good at yoga, they can tie themselves into a pretzel Mm. or, I don't know, eat 
French fries with their feet. I don't know. Not fly. That's like saying, um, yeah, did you hear about that weightlifter who got so strong he could teleport? It's like, well, how did that happen? Because those two aren't necessarily related. I don't know, bro. If you could bench <laughs> 293, you would know. Uh, he I, could squat Father Time and stop the rotation of the Earth. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> I agree. It's almost as if, yeah, you've proved yourself and then some kind of uh, god came down and said, I, I see you. you game this. recognizes game. <laughs> I grant you the power to float. Uh, yeah. And this comes back to, like I said, that there is different forms of yoga. You know, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I, I want to say that the yoga you do down at your local gym, um, you know, with all the middle-aged ladies in Lycra, um, I think that's Hatha yoga, I want to say. Then you got like uh, bhakti yoga, which I think is devotional yoga, which is like, you don't, there's nothing physical about it. It's all about you devote yourself to your, oh, wow. your guru or your god of choice. The rabbit hole is deep here. I don't claim to know anywhere near enough about the world have you of ever, yoga. Have you ever tried yoga before? Yeah, I've tried the hot one. Oh, right. It was hard as shit. <laughs> is, am I right in saying that hot yoga is just yoga done in extreme temperatures? there's as far as i know right so it's just they crank the thermostat so it's a very toasty room and that process just helps you sweat out it's, toxins in yeah, your body it's like while doing you stretch. difficult yoga poses in a sauna have you tried yoga uh i've only ever tried it when i've uh blown my back out lifting things wrong okay and, and then uh i'll watch a five minute youtube video where someone teaches me Yoga a stretch adrian or something yeah sure. some bullshit like that uh i make things infinitely worse by sure. twisting awkwardly on then a you, mat you try and sue the <laughs> the yoga teacher on youtube um so that's the, that's the only ever time i've tried it before i think to be fair that's probably a pretty common experience like on my holiday uh i, I mentioned briefly that i ended up in the hospital and i won't get into it because rory is seems to be not keen to hear the story uh, just so I, we could just stay on topic, will get that to. would be good. I will get to it. Uh, you can have one. You can choose the hospital story or the crepes. That's all I'm saying, because we, we don't Ooh, have time for them both. I'm going to have to go off piece and go crep. Though. How uh, could the crepes story be more interesting? I refuse to believe that if you have to choose one story, it's the crepes. It doesn't matter. We'll find out at the end. I it, swear to f***ing God, it better be worth it. I basically, I, I like hurt my wrist. And uh, it's like a recurring injury and I had to go to the hospital for it. That's when I start praying to every god of every different creed on earth um, to heal my poor wrist, promising that if they can make my wrist better, I'll do yoga every single day and right, I'll rehab yeah. it and I'll do anything it takes. I'll drink a f***ing acai bowl every <laughs> single morning, noon and night if it would give me the power of my wrist back. Of course, two days later, my wrist works fine. I go back to eating Doritos and drinking beer. Of course, um, Yeah. But I think about it sometimes. I think about going back to yoga. We all think about it sometimes. And who knows, maybe this podcast will inspire people to make the plunge. We can't guarantee you will be able to levitate. Or maybe we can. I guess we'll find out. Okay, I admit it, Rory. Yogi Palava was a fraud. It's worrying how easily you said that. Because I, I wasn't knee needling you or anything to, to for you to admit I had to get it off my chest <laughs> oh geez the, i didn't even ask the about pressure of the lie was bearing down on me too hard it's gonna be a short episode this week folks behind the scenes neither of us spoke for about four seconds and then kit just said that i didn't even say a word i lost eyes <laughs> and said okay i admit it uh this is something you can see street performers doing all around the world um it's still kind of cool and impressive basically it was pretty convenient that, that Yogi Pulava was holding on to his cane 
on account of it was connected to a very heavy metal base on the floor covered up by all the blankets. Yeah. In retrospect, they're probably weighing <laughs> down the blankets with water as well. As you can see in this photo, Roy, I'm sure you've seen this kind of site before. I'm showing Roy a street performer uh, in the UK. Stick is connected to the base plate and it goes up through the performer's sleeve, loops around the body and attaches to a small platform that they sit on and it makes it look like they're levitating. Yes, I I didn't want to come at this case too negatively. Um, I wanted to be open-minded and optimistic. But I have seen a man dressed as Yoda at Leicester Square hovering 10 feet in the air, also holding a cane. Is it this guy? It's exactly that guy, yeah! <laughs> it might be the same person. Uh, so yes, I have seen the feat performed before. I'm, I'm gonna say though, pretty impressive, even if not paranormal. I mean, I'll say that one where it looks like a bit like Yoda, that's less impressive than the one we saw Yogi Pulavar do. It did look like he was floating. Yeah, it really did. It was quite convincing. But crucially, Rory, not all cases of people defying gravity use this fraudulent method. Reports of levitation go back millennia and are deeply entwined with religious practices. They use a various number of fraudulent methods. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most famous cases of all time was a Catholic mystic called St. Joseph of Cupertino. He was born in 1603 in a stable in Apulia, Italy. He became a monk and despite having basically no education whatsoever, he was considered a wise man and had some pretty unbelievable abilities too. Hmm. He reportedly used to fast for 40 days straight, seven times a year. So Wait a minute, what? <laughs> so 77% of the year, <laughs> he, he wasn't eating. Okay. I mean, if that's true alone, that could explain how he's levitating. He was just so light, gravity wasn't working anymore. Yeah, that is, um, I don't even know, is that physically possible? <laughs> 70% of the time, I don't eat any time. Uh, he apparently could communicate freely with animals and he was able to use healing powers on people. Do you think any of those things are possible um, as a result of his fasting? Or do you think he was already maybe a kind of mystic, powerful person before the fasting? And that was why he could talk to animals. I mean, I feel like being malnourished is not going to enhance any sort of ability. Maybe he could communicate with the vultures that were circling overhead because he, he knew he was almost dead. Yeah. If I, I'm not going to assume I can do, I don't know, I can compete at Olympic level high jumping competitions because I only ate one chicken nugget all of December. I'm going to maybe think that I shouldn't perform any physical abilities. We're kind of seeing a recurring theme here uh, that people do something really weird and extreme, uh, right. dedicate their entire lives to something, and then claim that that's why they can do this other awesome thing that seems to have no correlation. Uh, I was starting to think this guy was just like on a farm with his friends and he was so starved that he was just looking at animals and being like, anyone else hear that cow f talking to me? It's like, you need to eat something. You need to eat now. You can just hear the blood pumping in your own head. <laughs> You're so skeletal and thin. But it's hard to disprove these things because he's like, yeah, bro, if you didn't eat for 77% of the year, you could talk to animals. It's like, well, I'm not going to try. Yeah, so you, I'll never know. That's a really good point. Yeah, you can kind of just force people to admit that they will never know because you, you, they don't want to call your bluff. So 
You know, you're like the uh, old man in The Prestige who pretends to be really old and frail so that he can achieve these uh, amazing feats of strength. They live a lifestyle that makes them seem powerful and mystical, whether that actually has a bearing on the effect or not. Yeah, yeah. It's said that he dedicated more than 20 years practicing his levitation, perfecting it through intense spiritual practice. He would have visions that caused him to enter a catatonic state. When they came on, he would drop whatever he was holding, and nothing could rouse him from this statue-like state, not even being stuck with pins or being burned by the other monks. Why were they trying that? (laughs) Why would they try that? Put him in bed. (laughs) Care for him. Try and rouse him with smelling salts. Don't burn him. Pins? Why do monks have pins? He's not even happy slapping him in the cock could rise him from this stasis. It's like, why would you try that? He's in a f***ing coma. The other monks are like, lazy St. Joseph. Never wants to do any work around the monastery. Like, he is, his nose is bleeding. He's absolutely out of it. This is like taking a, a coma patient to a doctor. And the doctor's like, have you tried flicking him in the nuts? It's like, no, no, not yet, doctor. All right, nothing, nothing yet. <laughs> what about slapping him about a little bit? No, we, we haven't tried any of these things. We were honestly hoping you would have better ideas. When St. Joseph was 27 years old, he was part of a procession through the streets of his little Italian town. When, without warning, he, quote, suddenly soared into the sky where he remained hovering over the crowd. He would apparently start floating during mass so much that he was banned from conducting church services. It said he once uncontrollably started levitating several feet in the air in front of the Pope. It is so weird to ban someone from a church because they're levitating too much. It's a miracle that that is happening. That is like banning an angel from your church service because you're like, listen, dude, I'd love to have you here, but you're too bright. You're blinding the people beside you. The dude behind you can't see because of the halo. So uh, you got to (laughs) leave. Mr. Angel, St. Paul, you have to leave the church. There's something so uh, funny and kind of childlike about his lack of control over the abilities. It's a bit like the way when you're a teenager, your biggest worry is like getting a boner in the classroom. 100%. Uh, You you don't know what to do with your newfound abilities and you have no control. I want to make it very clear. If you keep getting boners in church, you should absolutely leave. Oh, that would be a valid reason. That would be a valid reason. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and assume as well the process of levitation isn't a discreet one. It's not that he's like, oh, oh shit, oh shit. He's like holding on to the bench. Right. I like to think just halfway through, you know, um, he will raise you up on eagle's wings. Raise you. Oh! Oh! (laughs) He's like a helium balloon (laughs) bouncing off the roof. (laughs) Why does a church have ceiling fans? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, fucking put it in my mind with that raising up on eagle's wings shit. Uh, Fair enough that he was banned from, I think, weird to be banned from church altogether, but he was banned from conducting services, which is. I think fair. It's a bit distracting (laughs) if you're trying to preach the gospel and midway you start flying. Especially if you're not the priest, then everyone's going to be like, "Uh, I know that you do prayers as well. I might go talk to the flying man. So uh, thank you, Father, for telling us that there's a bake sale on Sunday. But that man is levitating like Goku and I want to ask him for forgiveness. I might start praying to that motherfucker. 
because I think he might be God. Because even <laughs> Jesus didn't do that in the books. <laughs> in the books. <laughs> it's not canon. <laughs> uh, speaking of, not that I want to circle things back to my uh, my holiday, which is pretty awesome. Um, All right. We thought we would check out the uh, local cathedral uh, in town. And I thought it was pretty cool that um, Jesus had a surfboard. <laughs> why is there a surfboard in that church? <laughs> I mean, he could walk on water, so why wouldn't he be able to surf it too? Also, you know, it was a funny bit, so thank you for showing me the picture. But as I said, one holiday story, and let's keep it to Plus the, the end. Plus the crepes. Yeah. No, no, the one story is the crepes. No. So no more stories. Until the end. Until the end. And then, and then you can do whatever story you want. wild. No, no. At the end, you can tell one it's story. It's a 19 to 25 minute story. It's really fine. It'll fit. It'll just like the scooch crap. in right at the end. Okay. We'll, we'll see. There's a lot we'll of craps and friends. So that's not actually, not that's actually the bridge version. 20 minute story. Not enough to warrant the 20 minute story. So. Yeah, I'll and just, again, just to re- reiterate, uh, we will be, Kit will be talking about his holiday at the end of the podcast. And I'm so sorry to everyone for rambling too much in recent episodes. Totally my sure. bad. Totally my bad. I didn't stop Rory whenever he started just yapping on about his day or whatever. No. Um, I really should have kept an eye on You're that. You're rambling now so, about rambling. So I think if he just, just gets excited, he just gets excited. Yeah, so, I do. I'm I sorry. do. And you do. So let's. Mm-hmm. I don't zip, think zip, so. Zip, zip, zip. Bro, I'm like f-ing Michael Jordan. I'm so zoned in on this f-ing game. That is the podcast. All right. All right. We're already talking for minutes now about something that isn't the case. So, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> Me? Yeah. It said that St. Joseph's powers to levitate were a result of the pure ecstasy he felt during his worship. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jizz noises. Oh, <laughs> probably. Uh, which does make sense because it keeps happening in church. He doesn't f-ing levitate based on how good his laundry smells. It's a. Uh, Oh, right. It's a spiritual... It's due to his um, spiritual love of the Lord. Um, okay. So don't say jizz noises next well, time. No, I, well, yeah, that which seems I hadn't weird. Said. <laughs> spiritual uh, excitement, we'll call it. And pretty fittingly, he was canonized a hundred years after his death and was made patron saint of aviation and astronauts. So there you go. If you are... Wait, did you say the saint of astronauts? Yeah, the patron saint of astronauts. What year is this? Astronauts didn't yeah, exist. I did say it was 100 years after the 1600s, which doesn't really add up, <laughs> but... You're the patron saint of moon men. It's like, all right, no one knows what that means. <laughs> but maybe even more weirdly than the whole story of St. Joseph is that he's far from the only Catholic saint famous for being able to fly. The famous saint, Padre Pio, claimed he could do it. When one of his congregation asked what it was like to walk on air, he replied... I can assure you, my child, it's just like walking on the floor. Oh, okay. Maybe it does feel like that. Maybe it's just walking on some sort of so- invisible solid. Who knows? I thought it was a pretty interesting... It's um, realistic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty ballsy question to ask your priest, your father, that. Anyway. Ironically, the other person who probably gets asked that a lot is Michael Jordan. Right, yeah. <laughs> he can basically fly. There was also St. Gerard Maella who only lived to the age of 29, but managed to pack in a ridiculous number of miracles into his short life. He claims to have pulled off some of the same miracles of Christ himself, from multiplying bread loaves to raising a young boy from the dead. But he could also do some shit that Jesus didn't do. For example, he could float in the air. When people popped in to visit him, they'd find him hovering around the ceiling. 
wow. I mean, maybe Jesus could do that, but he just wasn't showy about it. Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. It's it's rude to say because Jesus had to keep a low profile, I seem to remember. Right. He was like a wanted guy. And pretty much all of his miracles were to facilitate the needs of the needy. Right. It was like, y'all don't you need more food? Here's I can make it. You, you, I need to get from A to B to prove to my followers that I am a magic. I'm going to walk on water. You know, it, it never the occasion never arose where he needed to f***ing boost around like Iron Man. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was never just like, guys, check this out. And like opened a beer with his eyes. You know, he didn't need to do. He wasn't a showy man. He was humble, famously. I mean, he, he was a carpenter, right? You would have think if he Jesus probably could have done that with his laser eyes if he really wanted to. But it's still he's just carving shit. He would have been a good welder with those laser eyes. St. <laughs> Gerard almost seemed ashamed of his gift, though. Once he was bouncing around the rafters for so long, he was holding up a dinner. And he told one of the other priests, Please do not wait for me. I do not wish to inconvenience you. <laughs> Reports vary, but there's been testimony that Maella could travel more than a mile by levitation and could frequently be seen, quote, floating up like a feather caught in the wind. I don't, know, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I mean, it's, I appreciate that this is tricky, but what do you think it means that there are several canonized saints and religious people throughout history, not only clearly in the Hindu faith or the Eastern traditions, but mm -hmm. also in, you know, the traditions that we've grown up in. They just didn't mention that at school. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre. I think I would have had, I w definitely would have been more incentivized to learn about the Bible and religion if I'd known that there was a possibility that I could fly yeah. towards the end. Even if that wasn't true, they should have told me that. I feel like there's still time for me. I mean, Jesus, you're over the hill, absolutely past it. But me, I'm still in my 20s for, what, three more days or something? These guys... <laughs> Didn't start floating till they were like 29. What, what, what years did you say this was? Uh, it varies a lot, to be fair. St. Joseph was the 1600s, but Padre Pio was the late 1800s. It's pretty remarkable to have these stories where this isn't a one-off anymore. It's, it's almost becoming an inconvenience to these people, how much they're flying. Yeah. Um, which is quite interesting. It's not, you know, sometimes we've heard these wild stories, but it's just an instance. It's a, it's a... A moment where someone claims that they witnessed this. The whole town is watching this dude fly like a kite across the city. He was holding up a dinner. It's like a very... Because he's just floating in the sky. Real weird thing to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of wild that this isn't more documented or made to be a bigger thing than it is, if true. Yeah, that's true. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it is a little long ago to have video evidence, um... But yeah, you would hope for something a little more concrete. Yeah. Rory, you might have guessed by now from all the stories we've heard so far that levitation is pretty much uh, inextricable from religion. There doesn't seem to be anyone levitating that isn't a kind of guru, priest, or god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, one of the many miracles that the Buddha performed was levitating cross-legged across a stream. The sight was so impressive that he managed to convert a zealous Hindu priest to convert to Buddhism on the spot. Do you think this link with, with religion is partially down to the understandings of like heaven and hell? So, you know, if you're a saint, Whoa. if you're a religious man, if you're a, a good person, you have the power of levitation. And if you are a bad man, I don't know, you can crawl on the ground like a snake. You're so right. Like the devil was a snake. 
Whereas angels, they've even got wings. They Pretty much birds. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It's like they get, yeah, flight privileges. It's like if you're a bad person, you're on a no-fly list, according to God. <laughs> right, and if you're a yeah. good person, you, you're allowed to get your charter license. your own flights. I love it. That's interesting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ParanormalLife today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ParanormalLife. But crucially, there are plenty of other examples of non-religious people, but let's say mediums being able to achieve levitation. For example, the psychic Colin Evans used to perform his levitation act to rooms full of paying audience members, but he could only achieve it when the room was completely pitch black. Hmm. The only glimpse that onlookers got of his flight was when his stagehand would take a flash photograph and you would see him floating in the air. <laughs> What's this guy's name? Colin Evans. How are you a psychic with the name Colin Evans? How is he not like the great Mysterio or something? <laughs> Colin Evans is an accountant. At least the great Colin. Yeah, the great Colini. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Even more famously was Daniel Douglas Home, a Scottish medium who lived in the 1800s. He was famous for his ability to make objects and himself float. Wow, other objects too. He could reach a variety of heights during hundreds of public seances. He would begin with a gentle ascent of six inches with a slow descent. But soon he was able to float out of a third story window and back what? into the room through another window. An act that was verified by multiple witnesses. Oh my god. Although I will say that one of the most famous witnesses 
who claimed that he really did this was uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. And I don't know if you remember, but he featured in our fairies episode. He did, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a he, believer. Let's he's, say that. He's people might not remember. He's a writer of Sherlock Holmes, and he, uh, upon seeing one fraudulent image of some <laughs> fairies, he dedicated his life to believing in fairies and writing writing about them. And he, you can imagine, he lost his shit when he saw this guy float out a window. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. It turns out there was just a ledge outside the window that the guy walked out onto, and it was so dark outside. You couldn't really see the ledge. Oh, that's really how this happened? But Roy, all of these anecdotes, hearing of not just religious men, but just regular people, seemingly psychics, being able to levitate, made me think, what if I can do it? What if I can learn these uh, ancient secrets of yoga to levitate for myself? I mean, it'd be pretty impressive, to be fair. Well, that's exactly what I've done. And I didn't have to spend millions of years uh, learning these ancient yogic tricks. I managed to learn it on my coffee break. So you're saying you ha- you have learned it? Read it and weep, bitch. All right, I have to get I have to get in the right mindset. All right, kids, uh, standing up on the on the floor of the podcast now. There's some heavy breathing. He's kind of standing in a T pose. He's got his feet together. He's breathing in and out at a steady pace. Now he's... <laughs> I think he's going to pass out. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. I mean, that looks pretty good. All right. Hey, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what tomfoolery just happened there. But from my perspective... It genuinely looked like you were hovering inches off the ground. From the perspective of a mortal fool. Okay. <laughs> and not a yogic master like me, of course. Because I did levitate, Rory. Did you? Re- yeah? Is it, There's nothing else you want to disclose about that process. Other than I'm the man <laughs> for doing it? That's what I want to disclose. Uh, thoughts? That can't be the evidence in your case. You screaming and moaning and breathing and lifting, let your legs up off the ground. You said it yourself. I levitated, didn't I? Uh, I said you appeared. You appeared to levitate. If anything, huh? this, this is almost this is almost damaging to your case because it showed how anyone, despite how bad and uneducated and mean-hearted they are, can uh, appear to levitate. In front of someone else. Were so. you describing me? <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. The, I'm the man. You could start there. Why would that be the thing that you want to prove from all of this? I thought that I could recover this train wreck of an investigation by proving to you that levitation is real, but... I thought it was really cool. It's like a kid's party trick. All right, that's quite enough. Like something that some kid doesn't have, like other kids have like personalities and shit. And then that could be something you could do to like impress people. Now you've got something as well. You can, you can make it look like you're floating. I was, I can can make it that I am floating. I can make it that I am floating. (laughs) All right. I admit it. I come clean. I can't keep a secret from Rory at all. (laughs) 
Oh, um, again, very little needling needed to happen for him to come clean. I think this is the fourth time on the podcast you've come clean without me having oh, to say much at all. The the pressure, the the guilt, it just gets to me. It's basically getting to the point where you're like, well, if you think that's so crazy, then how was it scientifically proven in 2001 that humans can levitate in a paper written for the New York Times? And I'm like, really? All right, I come clean. <laughs> I made it up. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> you got me. You gave me the third degree <laughs> of, of the f***ing Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> How was I supposed to just lie to your face? <laughs> what I did is called the Balducci trick. You, you basically just stand at 45 degrees to whoever's watching and stand up on one tippy toe yeah and it looks a little bit like you're levitating and the noises help as well the pageantry of it all granted i am not very good at it i didn't really seem to pull the wool over rory's eyes for long but um people like david blaine have been making a career out of this for a long time yeah yeah maybe something's a little bit more complex than standing on his tippy toes <laughs> no he literally does that he does that exact one F off no way okay we're watching a video of him <laughs> but I got sick out of my mind. Let me try to stay right there. Don't move. Let me just try to stay right there. I don't know if I'll be able to get off, man. It's kind of hard to. Ready? <laughs> These people are blown they're, they're away by the trick. It. One guy is just on the floor holding his mouth. Someone looks like, oh, he's, he's, <laughs> David Blaine is now vomiting in the street. Wait, well, that was f though. That, <laughs> that, that one was real. That one was real. Not such a trick now, is it, Rory? This is hilarious because I, you just told me it was a trick. And I watched you do the trick and now I'm watching him do it. And I'm like, no, it's, he's, he's levitating. No, that's real. That's a hundred percent real. I don't know. I don't know what trick he's doing, <laughs> but it's not yours. <laughs> There's no way that that is yours. No, there is no me way. Me and David, we do have a lot in common. He's got a special f***ing boot or something. He sees things he's... the way I do. He really does. You are a con man, and he is an actual wizard. That's the difference. You should have just showed me that video. You shouldn't have tried to do it yourself because I'm on board now, 100%. <laughs> Levitation. Is 100% real. What's the, what's the name of this video so people can uh, watch it for themselves? Check it out on YouTube. This one's just called Levitation-David Blaine, and it's on David Blaine's official channel. It's got 2.8 million views at the time of watching. It's funny to think that, you know, he's just doing it to all these strangers on, on the street. These groups are watching it happen. And I like to think that, you know, there's, uh, they're all laughing, having a good time, just being like crazy. This is insane. And there's one person in the group that is so sh is genuinely rattled by it yeah. that he goes home that night and he's like no i'm gonna quit my job i'm gonna nothing's real anymore he's like oh, i'm gonna go to the mountains become a monk i could fly are you kidding me it's it's over nothing makes sense anymore rory i hate to um blow your mind with such a video and then crassly ask you to sum the whole episode up in a simple a solution as a yes it's paranormal or no it's not paranormal but talking about what we have today going 
going back and looking at some of the famous saints or history claims we've been able to levitate um, right through to the modern day and legends of the magic and TV world, like me, being able to levitate right here in the studio. What do you make of all that? I love this story. I love it a lot more than I even thought that I would before. I think we maybe talked about it on a bonus episode of the podcast, which is available on patreon.com. A very early bonus episode, might I add. But we talked about a sensation that, even when we mentioned it on the bonus episode, shocked a lot of people because they didn't realize that they also had these memories. Oh, yeah. But it's a group of people who very vividly remember floating as a child. Oh, yeah, like floating down the stairs. Floating down the stairs, floating in your rooms, uh, whether it was dreams about it or genuine memories that you have of being a child and being being able to float. Uh, I see a lot of similarities there as one of those children who can vaguely remember at some point in my life being able to float. <laughs> Uh, watching these videos is and hearing these stories is is ridiculously cool because you're like, damn, maybe these guys have mastered it. Maybe these guys have cracked it as babies. That's as close to a little angel as you can get. You're straight out of heaven. So you still got some of your angel abilities. So maybe you're just you're floating around in the middle of the night. And, but these guys have, have mastered it and been able to control it in some form. I usually would be a lot more dismissive about the people who claim that they have been able to perfect an art throughout many, many years. But I recently saw a video on the internet of a man who shoves sawdust into his mouth and controls his breathing to the point where he can start to breathe fire. Wow. Yeah. Now, there is, I guess... A tiny bit more logic to that where, okay, maybe he is, he's obviously using the sawdust, makes a, a breathing point, controls his breathing and the temperature of his breath to ignite the sawdust and turn it into fire. It's still pretty wild. He's still a dragon boy. It's after seeing that, I'm like, all right, maybe there is something to this 30 years of dedication towards one physical activity. Yeah. Um, as we said, it's pretty naive of me to say a human being can't do these things when a human being who only eats twice a year says, I can fly. <laughs> who the f*** knows? Maybe you can if you only do these wild things. It's like I said on an earlier podcast, we don't know the, the limits of human capabilities because maybe there's some GTA-esque cheat code we can do in real life that unlocks flight and infinite lives. And I choose to believe that man will one day be able to dunk from the half-court line. Right, like Space Jam with an extendo arm. So it's an interesting story. I guess the only problem is, is a lot of the, the monks and spiritualists and people who do these incredible challenges, the feats that they're able to pull off can, can exist in the natural world. The dude who breathed fire, I know he didn't just breathe fire by sheer will. He had the ingredients and the chemical reaction, whereas levitating in the sky uncontrollably at random intervals is uh, defies logic and physics. It is paranormal, truly paranormal. Hey, I got a lot of sympathy for what you just said. We've talked many times. I love the idea of it's just too cynical to think that we know everything is possible just because we've been alive for Jesus a couple of decades. Yeah. Um, given the 
quarter million years that humans have been around. I mean, my only frame of reference is I've dedicated my life to being a podcaster and I f***ing suck at it. So I don't know, maybe in 30 or 40 years of dedication to that craft, I'll be able to either host a really good podcast or levitate. I'm not quite sure which one yet. Honestly, if I could levitate, I'll happily be a shit podcaster until the end of time. Uh, unfortunately, what we're butting up against here is that the only video proof, the only physical evidence we have is of a confirmed magician trickster, David Blaine, levitating on camera. Yeah. Uh, and not the supposedly real saints of yore, like Padre Pio, floating. And so without physical evidence, we just can't say it is paranormal. And that's why it's got to be a no today. Yeah, it's going to be a no for me as well, which is a real shame. That was a great story, a great case. Um, and it's interesting to walk away with the thought that if David Blaine existed in medieval times, he would be a god. <laughs> he would be a, yeah. he would rule. Yeah. I know Earth has never had one ruler, but it would be him. Uh, because peasants around the world would drop on their knees at the sight of him levitating four inches off of a cobblestone road. We're lucky that he has a taste for showbiz and that he, <laughs> right? and that he didn't apply those skills to war and politics. <laughs> it's good he has a taste of show business and not blood. Because <laughs> if he had a taste for blood and could convince a nation that he is immortal, then we have a big problem here. We have a very big problem. And that concludes it. As you say, a bittersweet ending to a uh, delicious investigation into all things levitation. Thank you to Amy Grisdale for researching that one. Um, I can't believe I levitated on my own podcast and uh, it didn't even garner a yes. Jesus, Rory, we must be in a rut. Pretty convenient that the one week you tell me halfway through, I forgot to start the video cameras is the week that you claim that you have levitated on the podcast. No, you see, Full disclosure, everyone. Full issue. disclosure, halfway through the podcast. Issue. Fi- <laughs> I started fixing the camera halfway through the podcast, and Kit leans over and says, don't bother, I never hit record. That's so it's quite a coincidence. Fake news. It's quite a coincidence that now people are going to be like, where's the levitation footage? Yeah. Let me see the footage of him ha- it happening. I should have at least... Maybe we'll uh, you know maybe I'll record it on my iPhone. If There's you no do way it again. I will not do it again. Not on the camera. But what I will <laughs> tell on camera is my crep story. From oh right, of course. My recent holiday in France, and I've been. Uh, I was really in an autopilot getting through the end of that podcast, barely listening to what you were saying to just okay. race through to the end of the story, uh, so I could just tell you what I think people really came here to hear. If you're still listening, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast, as promised. Uh, This is the story that I told Kit that he was allowed to tell at the end of the podcast. Now, you had a couple options because you mentioned that you fell and injured yourself and had to go to hospital. I think you mentioned being Mm. in prison at one point, briefly. Yeah, before I started recording. And you also mentioned the uh, crepes, this crepe place or something. So Yeah. You have some options to choose from. There was other stuff too. But in and around that, I did eventually get to the South of France. And you know know I love a crepe and I talk about it here on the show and we all love... Uh, pancakes. Never so, once, never once, I think, have you mentioned crepes or pancakes. And they do the best ones in France. So, like, that was, it was just an all time kind of dream for me to get down there and just order one of those things. I, okay. I, I get down there. Uh, and then I go up and I order and I go, I'm super hungry. So, I'm looking, I'm taking my time looking at the menu. And I, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So far, this is so. And my so French is so bad, happened. and this in this town they barely speak English, so it's okay. like it's a real 
and it's hard to get one too. So I'm like, okay. uh, bonjour, mademoiselle. Wrong. It's a man immediately. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anglette, uh, s'il vous plaît. And they go, we speak English. It's fine. I go, oh, fair enough. So uh, that whole bit I was say, irrelevant. That whole section didn't matter because uh, they just, spoke English. Uh, crepe with uh, sugar and lemon, s'il vous plaît. And, they speak uh, English. You don't have to. He eat. actually was English. Yeah. And I order and I get it and it smells absolutely fantastic. And I turn around and I sit down at this beautiful terrace just overlooking the ocean. Okay. And I take the first bite of the crepe and I hear this voice to my left and they say, boy, that looks good. And I turn around and it's William Shatner. There's no way that what? That's right. And the story was worth waiting for, wasn't it, Rory? Because the reveal All right. was worth it. Now I feel it was worth. I feel like a one-hour podcast. I feel bad now because I put you on blast a little bit. I didn't realize that Shatner was going to make an appearance. Um, I want to apologize. Actually, that's my fault. That's my fault. Mentioning that at the start would have. Um, been a cool like fun way to introduce the podcast we could have made shatner references all the way through the episode yeah. it would have been really fun i think i told you to shut the f up and i said no one cares about your holiday or something at the you know i had a crazy week as well i had a crazy week as well man so don't well uh, we have time it's the end of no, the episode let's, it's let's, fine. let's dive into like just like one anecdote do you have any like fun anecdotes it's the Shatner thing's overshadowed everything to be honest it's gonna anything i i anything i say is gonna seem weird and like, like I didn't have no, a good time. No way. Like, I don't all, know. I think it's just going to like, it's going to, it's going to feel like I don't have a real life. If I say some of the shit I got up to on the weekend, because, because you went to France, you had this adventure and you met William Shatner and he had the crep and everything. And my, it's just not quite as exciting. Dude, I promise you, whatever you're going to say will be equally as entertaining and interesting for the listeners as my weekend. Okay. I found a... <laughs> I found a loose sausage at the back of my refrigerator. And then On so, a... so I like started your day, but like what? <laughs> no. What? I'm like, what? That was what most of after... that was most of it. It it was um it was quite far back. So it had sort of frozen into the machine. Right, right. And did you like uh you thought it was like a fresh one and did you like um no. Put in a sandwich and then like, oh, did you like give it to someone or something? Or? No, I, I set the fridge to defrost and I put it in the bin afterwards. But, but, but it, the, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever, right? It was still, yeah, 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 no. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said anything. No, no way. No, like, it's, people want it's to, this weird. is what people want to listen to the it's episode. This is what the people listen all the way through and they want to hear. They want to hear about us when they get to cool. the end of the episode. So, um, great story. I had my story where I met William Shatner um, <laughs> on a clifftop in the south of France. Yeah, uh, and then you two different two different um, tempos of story. You know, you got to have you got to have the sausage story to kind of emphasize how wild the Shatner story was. You yeah. know, you met a celebrity while out on vacation, mm -hmm. and I found a. Freaking wiener jammed in the back of my my refrigerator. So it's hard to say like who had the crazier weekend. Because no, it is easy. It is of, easy to say, but well, we don't have but, to. But who had the better story? Story. Maybe the sausage also guy. Me, is that me, so weird? Me, Maybe but... the sausage guy. Who knows? Because like 
it's like, oh, everyone has a celebrity story. I met a celebrity. I met a celebrity here. I met Have a celebrity you met there. like a single celebrity? I met a f***ing Spratverst at the back of my refrigerator. Uh, that was that was an appearance enough. That took me by surprise. Sorry, I'm getting I got worked up a little bit here. Just um, thinking, I'm getting stressed thinking back to how wild that weekend was. Frankly, so woo! It's all two good, man. crazy, two crazy stories from two crazy I can guys. See how that would be, you know, like a lot. It was. I didn't have to take the bins out for like a couple of days, so this sausage was just sitting there in the bin for ages, defrosting to the point where it was like, I don't know. Should I eat it? Uh, yeah, you didn't eat the, like, the crazy old sausage. No. <laughs> It'd be so <laughs> f***ed, wouldn't it? If I ate the sausage in the end. Yeah, man. All right, of course I ate the sausage! What? Of course, I'm not just going to let it go to waste. You let the, the old shriveled defrosted <laughs> sausage sit in your bin for how long? A couple days! A couple days, but it was out of direct sunlight, and I'm not going to waste the thing. I use every part of the animal. It's not a plant. It doesn't matter if it's in direct sunlight or not. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have told the sausage story. Well, you shouldn't have told <laughs> us you ate the sausage. I, oh, I take man. it back. You had the crazier weekend. I'll give you that. Yeah, because I meant to say, um, when I was rushed to the hospital with food poisoning, I met David Hasselhoff. There's no way. There is, yeah. Um... In hindsight, I probably could have left out the sausage shit, the bin shit, eating the sausage, and the food poisoning, and the explosive diarrhea. Did I mention? I didn't mention that yet. Cut that out. But I met David Hasselhoff as well in the, in the room. So two big weekends, I guess, from two crazy Man, people. We should talk about our personal lives more often, to be honest. Maybe. Maybe. This personal life, we can call it a spinoff podcast. We just talk about our weeks. I love it. Like I say, I hope you enjoyed this investigation into levitation. If you just can't get enough this paranormal life and every time you run out of episodes, you feel like you need to be wheeled to the emergency room, shitting and pissing everywhere like Rory this weekend. <laughs> All right, that's I didn't say pissing. Patreon is coming to the rescue, much like David Hasselhoff and Baywatch. Thank you. Oh, nice. With 40 plus full length bonus episodes available for just $5 per month. You can get access to all of them at once. But maybe even more importantly, over at thisparanormallife.com, we have a merch store where you can get This Paranormal Life merchandise, such as t-shirts. Uh, and excitingly, we get to announce today that we have a new design. Whoa! Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, how would you like to officially join the ranks of the Galactic, Galactic 12? 12? But Rory, it's impossible. No, it isn't, Kit. Because for the first time ever, you can pick up your official Galactic 12 t-shirt at the This Paranormal Life merch store. Holy shit. That's right. We're talking an official brand and logo of the Galactic 12 available on two different colored t-shirts. And it's there right now in the merch store. What colors are they? I don't remember. Black, I think, is one of them. <laughs> and a pretty cool blue. That's awesome, man. All right. There's another cool up shirt update as well. That's right. A few people have been enjoying our Chompies shirt design on the store, but had maybe just not been vibing with the white colorway. Not everyone likes white t-shirts. So we are delighted to offer it from today in black too. We know a lot of people just like love wearing black t-shirts. So you can rock that official Chompies swag in black in style this autumn and winter. 
So Kit, you're saying right now there's three new shirts available on the This Paranormal Life merch store? Believe it, bitch. Wow, <laughs> aggressive, chill. Um, cool. And how would I find these t-shirts and purchase them? Over at www.thisparanormallife.com and click on the store. Right. And are they available to ship worldwide? We have two different stores. So there's a store closest to you for the lowest price and the fastest shipping. We, we actually, uh, not to go on too much about it, but we love the Galactic 12 design. It's kind of like a throwback to those like early morning cartoon logos. Um, and there's a really cool Easter egg in it, which is the print on the shirt actually includes some of the alleged Eben language that was recorded when this whole event took place. Even check out the shirt design just to see some of that even language thrown in there. Definitely. But we hope you love it. So check out those shirts on our merch store. Check out patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life to get bonus episodes. And remember to check back in next Tuesday for a brand new paranormal, paranormal tale. tale.